الحمد لله وحده والصلاة والسلام على من لا نبي بعده وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين ومن اقتدى بسنته إلى يوم ديني أما بعد So we continue with our fiqh lesson from Umdat al-Ahkam Explanation of Umdat al-Ahkam from various scholars of Islam, Sunnah from them Al-Alama Fawzan, Sheikh Saleh Fawzan, Hafidullah and likewise Ibn Uthaymin, Rahimullah and Ibn Mulaqin before them and also Abdurrahman Al-Sa'idi, Rahimullah benefits we can take from these ulama as it relates to the fiqh of fiqh as they have given great service to the Sunnah as it relates to this explanation here of Umdat al-Ahkam and their explanations. I believe we are on the Bab Dukhul al-Khala wa al-Sitaba and it's guarding the manners of using the bathroom. The manners of using the bathroom. And we mentioned the hadith of Anas ibn Malik previously radiyallahu an and likewise the hadith of Anas, which is, "Anna Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam kana ida dakhal al-khala, qala Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-khubuthi or khubthi wal khabaif." This is the previous hadith that we studied a few weeks ago. We are now on the second and third hadith. We're going to take two narrations today, bismillah. And the first narration is an Abi Ayyub al-Ansari, radiyallahu an, qala qala Rasulullahi. صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا أتيتم الغائط فلا تستقبلوا القبلة بغائط ولا بول ولا تستبدروها ولكن شرقوا أو غربوا قال أبو أيوب فقدمنا الشام فوجدنا مراحيض قد بنيت نحو الكعبة فننحرف عنها ونستغفر الله عز وجل وعن عبد الله بن عمر ابن الخطاب رضي الله عنهما قال رقيت يوما على بيت حفصة رضي الله عنها فرأيت النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يقضي حاجته مستقبل الشام مستدبر الكعبة وفي رواية مستقبل بيت المقدس These are the two narrations that we're going to study today inshallah ta'ala The first one is Narrated by Abi Ayyub Al-Ansari radiyallahu an He said that the messenger messenger of Allah Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam He said That if any of you wishes to relieve themselves Then do not face the Qibla When you're relieving yourself And do not make the Qibla behind you but rather turn to the east or turn to the west. Walakin Sharriku Ogaribu. Turn to the east west east and then turn to the west or turn to the west. Do not use the bathroom or relieve yourself facing the qibla or the qibla in front of you or the qibla behind you. Yani north and south. But rather turn west and turn east. And this is regarding Al-Madinah. This is regarding the directions in Al-Madinah. 
And inshallah we'll go into detail in that regard soon inshallah. But then Abu Ayyubi said radiyallahu an faqadimna sham Then when we went to Sham which is like your Syrians and your Jordans those areas fawajadna marahida qad buniyat nahwul Kaaba that we saw that the uh, the lavatories were built facing the Kaaba so we would turn slightly away from that direction and seek forgiveness from Allah and seek forgiveness from Allah it's the first narration the second narration and I said Abdullah ibn Umar ibn Khattab radiyallahu anhuma and I said that he went and visited his uh, his sister Hafsa radiyallahu anha and um, he said he, he, he noticed that the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was using the bathroom facing Sham. Facing Sham, which is like north. Mustadbir al-Ka'bah. And with the Ka'bah, uh, with the Ka'bah behind him, yani south. And in another narration, facing Beit al-Maqdis. Facing Beit al-Maqdis. Naam. So these two narrations, we have a few issues that we're going to deal with. In order for us to understand the intent of the author. The first point that we're going to deal with is the tarjama of the Rawi. Is the biography of the narrators that are mentioned in these two narrations hadith number one and hadith number two the first hadith is narrated by abu ayyub al-ansari radiyallahu an from the illustrious companions of muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he fought in the badr so he's from ahl badr those who fought in badr and he fought in all of the battles and excursions after that and he witnessed and took part in many of the conquests radiyallahu an and he died in the battle of constantinia in the year 52 so abu ayyub al-ansari radiyallahu an he died in the year 52 He's the first narrator of the first hadith. And in the second hadith, it's a narrator, narration from Abdullah ibn Umar ibn Khattab radiyallahu anhuma. Ibn Nufayl al-Qurashi al-Adawi. Illustrious companion of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He became and entered into Islam with his father Umar ibn Khattab. And he was from the Muhajirun, meaning that he migrated from Mecca to Medina. And he didn't take part in Ghazwat al-Badr, in the Battle of Badr, because he was too young, even though he wanted to. But he was too young. And he didn't battle for a fight in the Battle of Uhud either, due to his age. But the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he allowed him to fight in the Ghazwat al-Khandaq near Medina 
and he witnessed and, and uh, fought in that battle. And he was from the ulama of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, from the most knowledgeable ones of the companions. And he loved the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he followed the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as much as he could. Any possible way he would follow the way of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in those affairs that are not even obligatory to do so. And he was a person of wara and cautiousness and piety and righteousness. And he was from the ulama, as we mentioned, narrated many narrations from the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he died in Mecca. He died in Mecca in the year 73. So Abu Ayyub died in the year 52. And Abdullah ibn Umar ibn Khattab radiyallahu anhuma, he died in the year 73. In the year 73. And likewise mentioned in this narration is Hafsa, because obviously it's mentioned in the second narration that Abdullah ibn Umar radiyallahu anhuma, he visited Hafsa. His sister. And Hafsa, the third Sahabiyah, the Sahabiyah that's mentioned here, the first companion that's mentioned here, the third, she's Hafsa bint Umar. She's the daughter of Umar ibn Khattab. Hafsa to bint Umar radiyallahu anhuma. And she is the Shaqiqah of Abdullah, meaning that they had the same mother and father, Shaqiqah. She's a Shaqiqah of Abdullah ibn Umar, meaning that they had the same parents. And she married the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. She was from the Ummul Mu'mineen. And she was wise and knowledgeable. And her opinions was respected. And she was known to be from the virtuous of the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In which her advice was sought, her ilm was recognized. And she died, radiyallahu anha, in the year 41. Hafsa bint Umar ibn Khattab, radiyallahu anhuma, she died in the year 41. In the year 41. So these are the three companions mentioned in this amazing couple of narrations of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Point number two is that we're going to give a title for today's lesson as it relates to these two related narrations. And the title, Barakallahu Fikum, we can say is Bayanu Hukm Istiqbal Al-Qibla Wa Stidbariha Hal Al-Qadai Al-Hajah Bibawlin Aw Ghaitin And that is Clarifying, this is the title, the topic of today, based upon these two narrations. Clarifying the ruling of facing the Qibla, Mecca, or the Qibla facing your back when you are relieving yourself, or when one is relieving themselves in any way, form, or fashion using the toilet. Point number three. Point number three is we're going to deal with some of the wordings that are used in this uh, these two narrations. Again, so we can get understanding and then inshallah we'll conclude with 
the main fiqh issues that have uh, arisen from the statements of the scholars in that regard, with regard to these two narrations. So in this point we're going to mention some wordings from the hadith and go through it so we can get a full understanding of the text. The Messenger وسلم, in these two narrations is mentioned, these two narrations are dealing with how an individual should sit when they are using the bathroom or relieving themselves. In the first hadith, the Messenger وسلم, said that if you intend to relieve yourself, and the word using here is al-ghaid, the meaning of al-ghaid is actually a, a, a place that is a steep place. A steep place that is, has a space, in a hole in, a, in the ground. This is the general meaning of Al-Ghaid. Al-Ghaid is a steep place. Which is, had, some depth, had some depth in a land, specific land. This is its meaning. But uh, it's been used as a figure of speech to mean going to the toilet. Because, as you know from the various narrations of the Messenger wasallam, the wordings in the hadith, they take caution in the wordings in the hadith to try and use the most proper way of addressing and mentioning certain topics. And this is one of them. It's called ghaid, but it's not actually mean, it doesn't linguistically in its essence means the toilet or bathroom. It's just a land which there is some type of hole or some type of uh, steepness, depth to it. And then it's been used as a figure of speech, understandably, to mean relieving yourselves. And like we say, for example, number one and number two. Showing shyness in being not to being too explicit as it relates to this affair. And it shows you the, the caution that the Sharia, the legislation has in its wording. As it relates to certain terminologies. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this in the Quran. Or if any of you wishes to relieve themselves. So ghaid is mentioned in the Quran as well. In Surah Al-Ma'idah. Verse number 6. Showing that that uslub and that way of speaking. And, and talking about this topic. With caution and some shyness and some and some uh, you know f- figure of speech is used in the Quran in this regard and likewise the sunnah of the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam the next point is that the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said when you intend to when you want to meaning it should be you should focus on this before you go to the toilet not whilst you're at the toilet so once you have this intention of using the bathroom, make sure that you prepare yourself not to face the Qibla in this first narration and not to make the Qibla behind you. Ida ataytum, Meaning, ay aradtum. If you want. So it should be done before. فَلَتَسْتَقْوِلُ Qibla, And the Qibla, as you know, do not face the Qibla. And the Qibla is the Kaaba. And this is showing respect for the Kaaba by not facing that direction when you're using the toilet. 
ولا تستدبروها and do not make it be from uh, behind you either again showing additional respect as it relates to the Kaaba barakallahu fikum and then the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said walakin sharriqu aw gharibu then he said but turn to the west or east or turn to the east and west and that is because this narration is specifically talking about the direction of al madina so the east turning to the east and west is when you're in Medina. So when you're in Medina and the Kaaba is north to you the Kaaba is north to you then you turn to the east and west when using the bathroom. That's if you're in Medina or in other vicinities and towns, cities and so forth that are north to the Kaaba. And likewise, if you are south to the Kaaba, so if your if the Kaaba is north to you, or south to you in your direction where you are, then you turn to the east or the west when you're using the bathroom in order not to have the Kaaba in front of you or behind you. So this is a proof that certain narrations can be specific to a town or a city, and this narrations, if you write on your notes, the Turning to the east and west is specifically for Al-Madina. For Medina and those places that are north to the Kaaba and south to the Kaaba. Yani Mecca. However, if the Kaaba or the area is a Sharq. The area is uh, the Kaaba is, is east to the Kaaba. The area is east to the Kaaba, or the area is west to the Kaaba. So, if the area or the city is east to the Kaaba or west to the Kaaba, do we turn east and west, or do we turn south and north to use a bathroom? I ask my beloved brothers and sisters. I'm sure you say that if the Kaaba is east to you or west to you, you turn, instead of turning east and west, no, you turn to the south or you turn to the north. So the Kaaba is not behind you and it's not in front of you when you're using the bathroom. So it depends on your area. But for those living in Medina, the messenger has given us an example of how it will be in Medina. And that is that you turn to the east and you turn to the west to avoid facing north and south, which is the direction of the Kaaba. But if you are in a city where the Kaaba Mecca is east of you, then you turn to the south or the north. And that is the way we implement this hadith of the Messenger. And likewise, in the Narration Abu Ayyub, he said, Qadimna Sham. And we uh, went to Sham. And Sham, when you hear Sham, which many of you have heard, or not all of you, but Ibnillah, Yutlaqa Sham ala kulli makan, o makana shimal al Kaaba. Sham is for every. Barakallahu <coughs> fikum. Sham is for, ev- for every. 
place that is like the north of the Kaaba, like Syria and Palestine. These are places called Sham. Or the, uh, you can say the left of Kaaba, for example. The left of the Kaaba, rather. The left of the Kaaba. And that is like your, your Syria, Syria, or your Philistine, Palestine. These are like left side of the Kaaba in direction-wise. And that's why they're called Sham. Because at the left side of the Kaaba in direction. Likewise, you have Yemen. Yemen, which comes from right. Ayman. Or Yemen. Which means that Yemen, in its general sense, is actually for all of those countries that are the right side of the Kaaba. The right side of the Kaaba, that direction, will be Yemen. All those countries that are on the right side of actually the Yemen, just like the left, are called Sham. But the country Yemen has overwhelmed that direction. So therefore, when we say Yemen, we mean that specific country. But rather, it's not just that country, Yemen, but all of the surrounding countries that are on the right side of the Kaaba. That's why it's called Yemen. From Yemen. From Yemen, meaning right. And that's why Sham is from the left. Barakallahu feekum. So Abu Ayyub al-Ansari radiyallahu an he said that qafaqadimna al-Sham and I went to Sham and the marahid again marahid is the lavatories marahid are the lavatories that they were built facing the Kaaba because the ones who built them were not Muslims and that was before they con conquered that area. They weren't Muslims. So they didn't know. So the, 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 the bathrooms and the toilets, the, the lavatories were inbuilt. So in order to deal with that situation when they moved to that vicinity in Sham, he said, anha. So we will turn slightly away from it. Allah. And this is a benefit, and we seek forgiveness from Allah. Why do they seek forgiveness of Allah from Allah? They've they've diverted away from the face of the Kaaba, the face in the Kaaba, and having the Kaaba behind them. But yet, he said, "When Allah, and we seek forgiveness from Allah." Why did they seek forgiveness from Allah? The reason being, because they don't know, they fear maybe they may have fell into a mistake. By not fulfilling the accuracy as it relates to them deviating or turning away. So it shows the cautiousness and the humbleness of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum with their Lord. That they sought forgiveness for any errors that they may have felt fallen into regarding the direction and not knowing. So there, that's the hadith of Abu Ayyub which clearly shows the impermissibility of facing the Kaaba in general. And uh, also the Kaaba being behind you whilst you're relieving yourself. And this is the clear fiqh and understanding from the hadith of Abu Ayyub. But as for the hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar, عن, where he visited his sister Hafsa, and 
he noticed that the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam was was mustaqbil uh, al-sham mustadbir al-ka'ba he was facing sham and uh, and he was facing sham as we said the, the left of the ka'ba and he was uh, the ka'ba was behind him the ka'ba was behind him in this direction so in this hadith it kind of shows the type of conflict between abu ayyub who his narrations mentioned that you cannot face or you cannot have the Kaaba behind you. But in the hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar, radiyallahu anhuma, he was facing uh, Sham, but the Kaaba was behind him. The Kaaba was behind them. Behind him, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. It was behind him. So there seems to be a confliction because in the hadith of uh, Abu Ayyub, Behind or in front shouldn't be the direction of the Kaaba when you're using the bathroom. But in the hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar, the Messenger وسلم, used it when it was behind him, the Kaaba was behind him. So it shows some type of uh, uh, conflict as it relates to this hadith. So that brings us to the final part of this narration, these two narrations, Barakallahu Fikum. And that is what is the correct opinion? The ulama, based upon these two narrations, one conflicting the other in the apparent, they have three positions. They have three positions as it relates to facing the Kaaba whilst using the bathroom or having the Kaaba behind you in this direction. Is it permissible or impermissible? Three opinions. Al-Qawl al-Awwal, the first opinion, أَنَّهُ يُحْرَمْ وَمُحَرَّمٌ And that is that it is impermissible to do istiqbal of the, of the Qibla وَاستِبَارِهَا It's impermissible to face the Kaaba or have it behind you when you're using the toilet. This is the first opinion. And of course they use the hadith of Abu Ayyub as proof. And this is the position of Ibn Qayyim. So if you write down, this is the position of Ibn Qayyim and it's the position of Ibn Taymiyyah, Shaykh al-Islam, and it's the position of Ibn Hazm that they say that it is not allowed to, to use the bathroom or relieve yourself with the Kaaba in front of you or behind you. Tahrim mutlaq. Absolutely impermissible. And this is Ibn Taymiyyah, Ibn Qayyim and Ibn Hazm's opinion. And they use as proof the hadith of Abu Ayyub. They use as proof the hadith of Abu Ayyub. And they say whether it is in the open, if you add this to your notes, whether the place that you're using the bathroom in is in the open, for example outside, or it's in a building, it doesn't matter. This is their opinion. It doesn't matter whether you're in a building or not. You cannot face the Kaaba when using the bathroom and you cannot have the Kaaba behind you when using the bathroom as it relates to direction. This is the first opinion. And the proof is the proof of Hadith of Abu Ayyub. The first Hadith of this lesson today. Al-Qawl al-Thani The second opinion is they say it's no problem for you to face the Kaaba when you're using the bathroom or to have the Kaaba behind you. 
So they are the opposite of the first statement. They say it's absolutely allowed. Whereas the first opinion said it's absolutely not allowed. And what is the evidence that they use? They say that the second hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar abrogates the first hadith. Meaning they're saying that the second hadith is later, the Abdullah ibn Umar's hadith of Hafsa, when he visited Hafsa, where it showed it's permissible that this, Barakallahu Fikum, takes precedence over the hadith of Abu Ayyub, because they say the hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar abrogates the hadith of Abu Ayyub. It abrogates it and it takes a new ruling that it is permissible. That it is permissible in any way, any direction. And this is the opinion of Arwa from the Fuqa'a Sab'a, from the seven known jurists, Arwa ibn Zubair. Arwa ibn Zubair had this opinion, and likewise, Rabi'a had this opinion, and also Dawood al Zahiri. Dawood al Zahiri had this opinion also. That's a second opinion. That it's absolutely allowed. And that the hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar. Takes precedence over the first narration. Because the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam did it. And some of the ulama have said that. The second narration is the action of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And they say that this is a proof that he, should, he can do it. And that is the second opinion in general. Barakallahu feekum. The third opinion is the opinion of Al-Jam'u Bain Al-Hadithain. Al-Jam'u Bain Al-Hadithain. And that is to combine the two narrations. The narration of Abu Ayyub, which shows it's not allowed in any direction, facing the Kaaba, whether it's in front or behind you. And the second hadith, which shows its permissibility, they have now combined the two narrations to come to a conclusive ruling. To come to a conclusive ruling. And this, Barakallahu Fikum, is the position of Imam Malik, Imam Al-Imam Ahmed, Ishaq, and of course the narrator of the second hadith, the companion, Radiallahu Anhu, Abdullah. Ibn Umar radiallahu anhumah. This is his position as well. And that is that it is the hadith of Abu Ayyub. The hadith of Abu Ayyub which shows his impermissibility. And that is in an open space. Because as you know, using relieving oneself was done outside, not inside as we know today. That is what common today. It was actually done outside. In some countries, it's still done that way. But here it's in the open where the person shields themselves with a clothing or hides behind somewhere. But it's in the open. It's in the Sahra, in the open. They say that the impermissibility from the hadith of Abu Ayyub is particularly regarding using, relieving yourself in an open space. Relieving yourself in an open space 
that is the reason for the statement of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in the first hadith of Abu Ayyub. And the hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar, as he visited Hafsa, she was indoors, he visited Hafsa, he, sorry, he visited Hafsa, and he was, he was indoors. This shows the permissibility when it's in a building. Meaning that if you face the Kaaba to relieve yourself, or you face, or the Kaaba is behind you in, regarding its direction, and you're in a building, Bunyan, then it is permissible based upon the hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar So you see that they've combined this position of Imam Ahmed and Imam Malik and others. They've combined the two narrations. And this is the strongest position. The strongest position is the third opinion. Why? The main reason is that both narrations are implemented. And in the fundamentals of fiqh, and usul al-fiqh, If it's possible to combine two narrations, we have to go for that. We do not say one is abrogated and abrogated later on. When there is no way we can combine it, we have to go to abrogated to find out which one is was revealed later and which one was revealed earlier but in this hadith these two narrations we can come to a conclusion where both narrations are implemented and that is that the hadith of Abu Ayyub radiyallahu ta'ala anhu is regarding the impermissibility of relieving oneself facing the qibla or the qibla being behind you Kaaba in an open space. But the hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar proves that it's permissible in a building. So therefore, the two narrations which are both authentic in the Sahihain, Sahih Bukhari Muslim, as we know, that's what we're studying, are implemented. So from this we learn the manhaj of usul as it relates to narrations and verses and texts that if it's possible to combine the two narrations with a fathomable conclusion with a logical conclusion a conclusion that doesn't require too much strain and tekelluf and it is possible then we combine them because in that is implementing both narrations on the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Like we said, this opinion is the opinion of the Sahabi Jalil Abdullah ibn Umar and uh, the opinion of Malik and also Imam Ahmed and Ishaq Rahimahumullah Ta'ala and uh, likewise is the opinion of Muhammad ibn Saleh Al-Alama ibn Uthaymin Rahimahullah and also is the opinion of Shaykh Al-Alama Saleh Al-Fawzan Hafidhuhullah Ta'ala and this is no doubt without those names the narration, the principles is clearly showing us the correct opinion and that is that it is permissible 
to face the Kaaba and uh, have the Kaaba behind you when it's in a building, but when it, you're relieving yourself in an open space, Barakallahu Fikum, it is uh, impermissible. Naam. And with that, we come to a conclusion of, as it relates to the fiqh of that hadith. And uh, ta'ala, we will continue uh, next week as it relates to the explanation of Umrat al Ahkam. So today we have dealt with Barakalafikum, these two narrations the narration of Abu Ayyub, showing the impermissibility of facing the Kaaba, one relieving themselves, one re- when one is relieving, relieving themselves, and also the Kaaba being behind you, impermissible in, t- in a place where it is in an open space. And we have the narration of Abdullah ibn Umar, the second narration today, where it shows evidence that it is permissible from the actions of the Messenger wasallam, is permissible when it's in a building to face the Kaaba or have it behind you in its direction. So with this we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us fiqh, fiddin, to give us understanding in the religion and give us um, patience in seeking knowledge and sincerity and acting according to that which we learn and increasing in iman in every word that we read or every statement that we listen to from the durus from the ulama we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us tawfiq fi dhalik ameen wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala nabiyyina muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen